0: Mothers. And others. Pops and music and parody.
1: Hi, Shell. How you doing?
0: Hey, Liz. I'm doing good. How about
1: you? I'm all right. We are in, uh, is it lockdown two here? Lockdown. I want to say lockdown two, electric boogaloo. But I think I it's love it more of that, depending lockdown on where two. you are in Sydney. We're still, you know, we're still locked down. everything. No, Woo! no. Yeah, what you-
0: about, I think Melbourne folk like me can probably whip up a good song for Lockdown 5, which is what we're in. Lockdown 5, 5 alive, oh, 5 no. not feeling very live. I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then last time we did call it Locky 5 as well, which, oh. you know, just I've got sliced alone in my head now
0: lockdown five so we're in lockdown five which makes it sometimes hard to do a radio show and a podcast doesn't it but um we're soldiering on through and this week we've decided to do a a really a great best of again but this time not the answer to the kids and I are listening to but instead a different topic
1: yeah, so what we ask our experts every week is if they've got any advice for industry to make it more family friendly. And what's really nice is as diverse as the bunch of guests we get is diverse is the diversity of answers that we get to that question too. So it's been really, really great to hear what different people have to say about that.
0: That's true because the music industry, you know, there's the nighttime economy, there's the whole gigs going on for hours and hours, um, there's the precarity issue to do with work. Um, So, you know, it's not really designed particularly for families or people who are in bands who, are you know, think about having children or new mums or anything like that. So this question... What changes could you make to the music industry to make it a better place, a fa- more family friendly place, a better place for parents, a better place for mums or for dads or for carers? This was what we put to our guests.
1: That's it. So, this is part one. We'll have a couple of these. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe wherever you are, locked in, locked out, whatever's happening for you. We're thinking of you.
0: We are. Thanks, listeners. See ya. Thanks.
1: Bye. Oh, and thanks, Nina. Thanks, Nina, oh, thanks, for doing
0: Nina. it.
2: Yeah, Thanks, Nina, our producer. Nina.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Nina. <laughs> See ya.
2: Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Fiona Allen and you're listening to Music, Mothers and Others. I think there's so many levels to it, um, you know, on a practical level just addressing the way freelance and contract people are paid, you know, and that's all over the world, every industry. It's not just music but, you know, kind of building that parental leave. Oh, uh, I, you know, I was a freelancer when I had my child. I had two weeks statutory maternity pay from the British government um and uh the father of my child had none yeah. because we were freelancers so we didn't count you <laughs> know um so for me that was an important thing um and then you know without just with in no way diminishing the role of a mother because I'm a mother and therefore I am the most important <laughs> um <laughs> we know we're, we're there we are here. yeah you son. guys know you yeah. know um I have participated in a lot of panels and arranged a lot of panels about um, female musicians talking about mothering. And the conversation I always want to encourage people to have is what about is the fathers too? Um, and I'm not saying, you know, we need to raise the men up, but we need to actually use the word parents mm-hmm. in the music industry um, and more. We need to use it more. Um without going into it too much the the lack of support that my daughter's father got really didn't help the way our relationship (laughs) went you know he had to go out on tour all the time missed so many milestones because there was absolutely no understanding that maybe being around for your daughter's birthday was more important than you know a gig with 50 people in Brussels um it would be interesting now to, to revisit that with some of the management teams that he've worked with that have had children of their own since. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, we talk quite often about how differently he finds it working with artists that have families of their own and how, you know, he wishes that was kind of the case from the get-go. Um, visibility, just, you know, I take my child with me everywhere and, and I started doing it as a point as well. So when people would say this is no place for a child, um, it would either be why not or, well, let's make it one.
1: That's lovely. Um, I
2: really like that because it's right, isn't yeah. it? It's, a, it's
1: When they say this is no place for a child, it, well, what kind of place shouldn't be welcome? Like what kind of place is there an issue? Like, of course, an unaccompanied minor is a problem. That, that There's yeah. pretty much nowhere where you want an unaccompanied minor. But if you're there yeah. as well and
0: you've made that decision... Why? What the world should be a place where children and families and people and parents could yeah. live. I mean, I know that there's, re, you know, uh, restrictive things like um, alcohol licensing and you know those kinds of spaces where legally you're not allowed to have your kids. But I mean, even a, a photo we've seen of you, you know, t- every day is take my kids to work day, right? You know, and I'm sure yeah. your daughter <laughs> comes into the the radio station, Main FM, um, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, she's,
2: she's been, um, we started co-hosting a show together last week. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she had more texts than when I did it on my own. Like all people were texting <laughs> in, like encouraging her. We should have asked her on. Look if she wants to come back, <laughs> if you guys want to come back. She'll steal the show. <laughs> yeah, she'll steal the show. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I did go through a period where I thought maybe I shouldn't tell people that I'm a mother um, because my first encounter of a touring mother was I was working with a UK performer called Will Young who was like the first winner of Pop Idol mm. or X some one of those I didn't know who he was <laughs> when I got an email from his management I, I said to my friend is that the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air <laughs> <laughs> so different from each other honestly like <laughs> <laughs> um but uh I, the production coordinator on that tour was probably in her mid-30s and I didn't find out till I'd been working with her for three or four months that um, she had a three-year-old at home. And she was petrified of telling anyone about her child because she was worried that they would fire her or that they would think that she couldn't step up to the next level or that, you know, she'd have to go and be a mother. But nobody ever asked that of, like, the guitarist who had three kids at home and, you know, the production manager who had four. Um
0: And And, were these people
2: men, the guitarist and the production manager? Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. I remember just being absolutely shocked by that and then having a little self-examination and thinking, I feel like I might have done the same thing. But because of her and Vicky, wherever you are, thank you, um, I didn't. I thought, no way, being a parent is nothing to be ashamed of. Why should I hide that? It's part of who I am and actually it's what makes me really good at my job these days. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? And to say too, I think you're right to include men but also to include Non-pa- like non-parents like we're quite you know from, for me I was it was a long time before I was before I was a parent I wasn't really active in children's lives in my family and you know the aunties yeah. the un- you know the aunties the uncles all of those people who are non-biological parents but are still part of the village you know yeah, they're, they're just totally. as important to be at a birthday party or to be available to help if somebody's sick or all of that kind of yeah, thing. yeah absolutely <laughs>
3: Jane Gazzo you're listening to Music Mothers and Others. I think the industry could think more about mothers and by that I mean all mothers in the industry and especially artists who are mothers speaking to Emma Donovan free mothers Day she mentioned how the Arts Centre had, had really catered for her and her children during rehearsals because she had to go to work and didn't have um, child-minding options so for her having that there that that meant the world to her, and her backing singers have got the babies on the babies on their on their um on their slings, you know, during rehearsal. So the fact that that the art center were thinking about catering the children and all families was really really important. I think that's something that all the industry could be mindful about moving mm-hmm. forward how can we best serve those mothers that don't have childcare options or can we can we can we help facilitate nannies when we need to do x y and z or can we you know um have a dedicated child minder for for, for periods uh, i've noticed with the emergence of festivals like lost lands that are making it really family friendly they're wonderful and the fact that you've got this got this kind of um play centre area where the kids can get minded by professionals, things like that. They think about that at Boogie as well. I know a lot of families pitch in and um, bring a nanny with them for Boogie Festival and, you know, there's about six families and all their kids are minded by the nanny in one area, things like that. But, look, it's an ongoing conversation. It's an ongoing conversation in the music industry about catering to mothers and families as much as the conversation is about Women being needing equal footing, about sexism in the industry, about the me too movement, there are a ton of conversations. so I think we could probably be here all day working out what they are, but I think I think the fact that we're thinking we're, we're talking about it is it sheds light on it, and you know as long as as long as we raise our voices and let people know to work around our schedules, that we set the moves and not the industry, I think we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right, and it is. It's taking that step, isn't it, to give people. We we often say, "I have to give people a chance to hate my baby." You know what I mean? Because <laughs> often I just assume they're going to hate. Have
3: him. to, Liz. They shouldn't yeah. have to. You yeah. shouldn't have to make apologies for having a baby or for working around your baby's schedule. Mm. And and that that mum guilt is something that comes up a lot. And you should never, ever, ever have to apologise or sacrifice that time or feel the mum guilt because the industry should bend to you you're a talented person if they want you they'll find a way to have you and that's the way I've always operated
4: I'm Ben Green and you're listening to Music Mothers and Others maybe this is my labour lawyer background speaking and and the fact that I'm currently in the market for a home loan but I think employment security is a big thing you know in our society and academia and creative industries of worlds where that's a really big issue, um, so that's obviously a big ticket item. Um, at the more personal level, um I guess one thing I've found maybe a bit of an attitude shift, has been some more recognition that people have multiple parts to their lives, that people are a parent, that they might have another job, most people do um so that's something that maybe personally i've i've had a journey of managing to bring the different sides together and it seems like people are increasingly tolerant of that and understanding so so being open about not trying to uh section off the parts of your life i think that's probably good for everyone but um i'm i'm currently one of the things i'm involved with at the moment in research is looking at covid recovery in the art sector and a thing that keeps uh, coming up in that as a theme is that it's, you know, it's recovery might not be the right word. It might be more of a reset or a reinvention because this is kind of all of these changes and issues that we're already facing uh, music as a sector have sort of been brought to a head and now there's kind of the need as well as maybe the opportunity to address all of those things. So um, that includes... You know, technological change it includes things like, you know, diversity and inclusion. Um, I think governments just pre-COVID were finally starting to do some serious policy around music. Mm. Uh so sorry, that's that's a bit all-encompassing, I think.
1: <laughs> no, it's also it's true. But I mean, let's face it, that that big issue around stability, mm. it also it, it that everybody loses out there because it just means then that and it's a problem that's getting worse because then it, it affects people who can't afford to be Unstable or less stable, even worse no. yeah you that's know, the big diversity problem for a start you know
4: that's right that's one thing that I think uh in my dad bands, one thing we all have in common is most of us have yeah sort of left more stable uh work worlds for more flexible and more passion driven worlds, uh, but we also all have uh wives, significant others who have stable full-time permanent work and that's as a as an as a casual academic um that's been crucial for me
1: yeah
0: yeah wow that's actually really interesting um gives you potential for a different kind of work home balance I mean being a casual worker has its pros and cons but I assume it means that you're you're able to be there for the first year of school the prep year Pickups and drop-offs, dealing with emotional changes.
4: Definitely, it was it was a it wasn't planned. But I was um, when my son was born at the end of 2015. Um, that month, I had finished the fieldwork for my PhD, um, and also <laughs> finished probably the last road-based tour that my band did. Um, but uh, then, since since he's been one year old. Uh, I've been you know the primary carer and um generally been home with him a couple of days a week and then last year it was great that I was able to uh, sort of put work a distant second, squeeze it into all the gaps, and spend a couple of months just full time with him.
1: That's full I mean that's great, isn't it It's also the other side of it is um and I say this as somebody who is a long term casual too that on the other side it can go the other way where you feel you can't say no to things either. 'Cause if you decide you want to do you wanna go on a holiday, for example, or you know, you get sick. That's the, or he gets sick, that's the other side of things. Saying no to work can sometimes mean worrying that it won't come back again, which is tough.
4: Yeah, that's that's actually happened to me lately. I said yes to things and some of them turned out to be much bigger than I expected. So right now I've got a pretty heavy load. We
1: we appreciate your time, Ben. <laughs> we, we love
4: really it. <laughs>
5: I'm Lizzie Mack.
6: And I'm Murray Cook from The Soul Movers and you're listening
7: to...
5: Music, Mothers and Others. Yeah. I think it's hard to shift the music industry from where it has been to where it needs to be. But I do think that having the same attitudes um, that we have in our personal lives and putting them in the music industry and seeing how it copes does work. So, for example... You know, we, we had a lovely meeting through beautiful Susie Dinnerham, who's at Mushroom Group, who's amazing at connecting people with Jem, who was back in Sydney, who's a producer from LA. We started working with Jem. And then Grace had reached out. She's a seventeen-year-old woman, and we just thought we could get a collaboration happening, talking about some really difficult stuff there with girls. So we're like, okay, we're networking. We bring our networks together to form um, new music. But I also think, you know, that's that's just one thing that that really in the music industry doesn't do so well because it's so competitive. Um, so same with Bernadette November in in Melbourne. We're going down there to speak to her, and she's like, God, it's so competitive down here. Women don't want to work with me because it's so competitive. I'm like. Let's just change that. You know, networks, caring, sharing, what have you got to lose? It's creative. It's artistic. So that's one thing. But the other thing is also deliberately doing gigs which have got a family-friendly or interactive element um, and playing them at times. You know, even the early shows of COVID are quite good, you know, because if you're doing a 6 o'clock and an 8.30 show, then then, you know, somewhere in there a parent can maybe escape for a little while and go and get some, you know, get some and dance and shoes on the dance floor too now as of next week. Um, Second album launch because the first one was a sellout. We're just like, great, this one will have a dance floor as well. (laughs) But, yeah, look, taking those things that work from your personal life into the music industry and and just saying this is the way we're rolling because that don't work. I know there
6: are a few um, clubs too because, you know, for the last sort of forty years um sort of rock and roll music has been most has come up through pubs and so you know that's not necessarily conducive to ha- having families. No. Um but I, I I've just noticed fairly recently um I, I know at the um Petition Bowling Club they quite often have afternoon shows mm-hmm. that kids mm. can come you know, with their parents and um you know they don't play too loud and um and there's another club in Marriottville called the Great Club and they're they're starting some sort of family friendly sessions. So I think I think it's also happening as, as musicians get a bit older and they have families themselves and so they kind of can relate. Like when you're 25 you can think, oh, who cares, you know, but but when you're 40 or 45, you know, it's quite a different situation and you might not want to be playing, playing kids' music but but kids enjoy adults' music too, you know, it just depends on what it is. But um.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder too if you don't want to be leaving your kids behind because, I mean, obviously people have been getting older but there's been quite a gendered thing that it was just expected it was, you know, Guys would go on the road and they wouldn't have an option necessarily, and I wonder if that's something that, you know, we might want to change. You know, because yeah. I
6: mean, I experienced that big time. My kids are in their twenties now, but um, you know, through the through the real sort of heyday of of my period with the Wiggles, you know when we were we were spending, um, you know, six weeks at a time in America, um, you know, three times a year, and you know, I I really did miss miss it a lot. My, I, I one tour. Um, we just hired, hired our own bus so that the family could come with us. Because when you're, when you're travelling by bus, you can't sort of um, drive from gig to gig, you know, um, uh, yourself, so you really need that. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a struggle. And, that, and actually that was part of the reason why I stopped doing it because um, my son was doing his HSC and I just thought, oh, I've missed so much, I really just need to be home. And um, and I think a lot of mu- musicians uh, are like that, but they're kind of changing. I was talking to Dan Sultan yesterday, he's a good friend of mine, and... Um, uh, you know, he's he's got a, a young daughter who's almost two and, and um and uh uh he's decided well, over COVID he didn't do anything last year basically. He just did some recording. Uh they went on a big trip and, and um uh but this year he's saying, you know, I just want to do select gigs. I wanna be really careful, I don't want to just go out on tour because you just miss so much. So I think that's an important part too.
8: I'm Georgia Fields and you are listening to Music Mothers and Others. One one of the early catalysts for Motherlode before I knew that it was called Motherlode was I had a, I went into Triple R and um, uh, Tim Pan Orange were playing, you know, um, Emily Lubitz, mm-hmm. she's the singer from that group, beautiful. And we were chatting and she said, Oh, I think I was meant talking about grants. I hadn't met her before. We were just sort of, I think we had a mutual friend and you know what it's like in, mm. in music in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but we were, we were chatting and she said, oh, we need a, a, a breastfeeding grant fund. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? Yes. She's like, well, just Genius. imagine if you had a fund that you could apply to tour and, you know, that when you're explaining I need to take a support person with me because I'm bringing my family or, um, you know, that that's that sort of just included in it or something and I was like mind blown yeah um so I feel like I don't I and I should think about this in case I'm ever in an elevator with someone you know and you've got your elevator pitch, pitch. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, look I don't I don't have the answers I guess for the for the um for the more st- strategic or the more systematic things because I feel like I, it's all interconnected with, um, you know, patriarchy and and misogyny and you know the lack of support overall for women in any industry, yeah. and lack of assess- you know accessible childcare and all of those big picture things are going to affect and trickle down into you know any any industry really. I yeah. think music is tough tougher than some because it's already you know very unregulated you've got you know the gig economy you've got um cash economy um
0: economy, of, night time economy which is no good economy. for sleeping
8: babies that's right and it's um yeah it's just it's it was unstable before covid so um yeah i i feel like i don't want motherhood to just put a bandaid on what the the bigger problems but it also i feel like there's just immediate Kind of mum to mum help that could be offered, like, oh guys, did you know this is close? This ground is closing tomorrow, or, mm-hmm. you know, actually, one thing that was interesting is that um, Bakehouse, in who were a rehearsal studio in Melbourne, were offering, and I missed the application because I was distracted by my family life. Um, <laughs>
5: were offering
8: uh, like rehearsal rooms for um, female musicians. To for free so you could, like, apply and they would give you, I don't know if it was a month or two months or three months or something, but you'd have a space to go. That would be useful, I think, for musician mothers if there was some kind of funding for a space because a lot of us don't have a space within the home.
1: Yeah. Mm. Or if we do,
8: we get constantly interrupted.
1: Yeah, that's Helen and her wonderful team at Bakehouse. Yes, we 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 love them. Yes, yeah. It's interesting too, isn't it, that that's a woman... I mean, I know that she's not the only person there, but, you know, that you've got to kind of, it's not quite that empathy, but it kind of is, isn't it?
4: Mm. You know, because
1: we can say, you know, that, that question's always a bit tricky because if it's mothers for mothers, then the flip side is that dudes have been having kids for however long and it's just been accepted that they leave them or if they mm. bring them that, you know, somebody else is there, like it just, mm. so it is a gendered problem. But you're right, there are uniquely female issues, shall we say, um, that, you know. Systemically, we need to kind of address, and Mm. yeah, yeah, something like that's a really interesting point. And as I look around now, I just think, yeah, I don't even have in my house as I'm sitting here. I don't have one little space that's mine that's not shared with somebody.
0: You know, when you're making music as well, or you you're creating sounds, you you need to have that private space, don't you? It's not just like coming, you know, devising songs. It's actually if you want to record it or lay down a bit of an idea, sometimes you just need that peace and quiet with with um you know to get this to get the sound right or to get the idea right or not to get a mum please can I have a Vegemite sandwich I know dinner's only half an hour away but I really want it you know just just to just that shared brain of like I'm I'm half parenting and I'm half doing something for myself but I'm not 100% doing anything Anything.
8: yeah
0: just compromising the whole time totally yep that's my
8: motto
1: <laughs> yeah we will we, just we're not going to weep gently don't mind us if you're, so, if you're <laughs> sobbing while you're listening to this dear leader dear listener we love you we know yes yep, <laughs> we do. hear
7: you on that one i'm dale packard and you're listening to music mothers and others look just doing more things during the day uh so much of music is yeah support act goes on at 10 p.m. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then then the main act goes on at midnight 1 a.m. uh so it, yeah uh just more more day gigs and and just outside of pubs you know that's that seems to be the main thing yeah no that makes but sense. But, oh, but you were, you were talking about not just live music weren't you
0: yeah anything else i mean just because we've spoken to promoters and In our first series of Music Mothers and Others, and some of the feedback has been. Well, young bands might have this expectation that they can actually call me at 10pm and, you know, expect me to handle a problem at 1am and I'm actually breastfeeding with a kid that's hard to sleep and and they think it's okay. But I'm also, you know, we've also had some guests, haven't we, Liz, say that I don't want to reveal that I actually have got kids and I have to do a school pick up at three o'clock because I don't want people to know in case they, you know, change their perceptions about how my ability to operate in this job is.
7: Yeah, uh, look, I guess there's been um, some things I've noticed recently that uh, were encouraging in that area was uh, there was a a director of an organisation that we work quite closely with at Music Victoria uh, kind of made the point at the start of a meeting going, "Uh, we understand we're all working from home here, Uh, so all kind of interruptions from kids and pets are... kind of not only okay but encouraged uh you know go kind of really kind of went okay. that extra extra mile to say have have your kids like jump in on the on the meeting or that, that's totally fine like we're like this is we're in your home um uh why wouldn't they wouldn't what you know and it was it was really lovely and uh and there's been a couple of times like that when um kids have kind of kind of jumped in on on meetings and instead of the uh, Person kind of pushing them out of the way, going kind of you know move out of the way. I'm 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 doing this. They've they've kind of just kind sort of put them on their lapels, or and kind of kept going, and that kind of stuff that normalises uh, integrating. Um, yeah, I guess work and, and family life was that that was really encouraging to me.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. Well, hopefully some good will come out of COVID. If that's it, we'll take it. <music>
0: Music Mothers and Others is written and produced by Liz Dufray and Shelley Brunt and edited by Nina Longfellow. We're broadcast on 2SER and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We are also a podcast. Find our episodes on all your usual podcast platforms or our website musicmothersandothers.com. Visit us on Instagram and Facebook to find out who our upcoming guests will be. See you next time.